Thanks for tuning in to the Empowerment Project Podcast, a safe space for women of all walks of life to gather together, get honest, and discover more about the God-given identity and power we can claim through Christ. I'm your host, Michaela Modlin, and this podcast is a place of quiet retreat, girl talks, and scripture-inspired truths that challenge women to live changed. So get comfy, because we're about to get real. Hey, you guys, what's up? You're listening to the Empowerment Project Podcast, episode 20. Yay! I know I said this last week, but I'm so excited about episode 20. I just feel like it's such a milestone. Just to think of the fact that we've been doing it for, geez, what is that, five months? I guess if I'm doing my math correctly, which usually I do not. Um, but I just think that's such a milestone, super fun. I think it's really important, um, just to the, to just like show the consistency and like the heart behind this podcast, that it's something that I take very seriously and that I have not missed a week yet. And I just think that is just an awesome milestone for myself. And I just, I think for you guys as well, especially those of you who have been listening since the very beginning. So, uh, just the fact that you guys have listened to roughly 20 episodes is just insane. Um, And if I do say so myself, I feel like this episode is one of the very best yet. Um, I think you guys are going to get a lot out of today's episode. I'm really, really excited for you guys to hear it and to hear your feedback. I think it's going to open up a lot of discussion, um, a lot of really awesome awesome discussion. So uh, just before we get into that, obviously, though, um, we're going to do valleys and peaks. So I love that we set out with valleys because I can always end on a peak and that's so happy. Um, And usually every week it's hard for me to come up with a valley, which is like such a blessing and a good problem to have. Uh, So I'm like really, really thankful for that. But this week's valley, like I have just been so sick and it's really, I, I feel like I don't really have grounds to complain because it's just been like like a flu type of cold type of issue. Um, it really like, whenever I'm sick like this, it, it kind of like brings to the forefront people who have chronic sickness. And I know that's like kind of taking it a little bit far, but um, I just kind of think about how lucky I am or like how blessed I am to get to kind of get up and go and do things whenever I want at any time and just feel good enough to do that. And so my heart just goes out to people who can't do that. And I don't know, like when you just sit there and your nose is stuffed up, you're like, I remember what it was like to be able to breathe. And you're just like thinking of like, oh, I took my health for granted. And so I think that, I don't know, I just like, I, whenever I'm sick, I just really like reflect on that. And it kind of just like, I don't know, like restores like a piece of my heart for people who have sickness like that and just to remember to pray for them. And so Anyway, I've just been very sick and it's made me like I never call into work and I had to call into work um, twice. And so it was just super like it really, really grinds my gears when I have to call into work. Like it makes me so mad. Like I almost feel more guilty calling into work than I do going there sick. And I think, again, that's just another perfectionist issue. Um, but I just like, I, I feel like such a failure when I can't make it to work and it like upsets me so much. And so I had to call into work. Um, like I called into work one day and then I went home early, uh, the next day because I was like, I think I posted on my Instagram story. Like I was like, I feel better. Like I'm going to try to go into work. And then I made it to like 11 and I was like, I can't do it. I'm going to like not make it. I need to go home. So I ended up having to leave work early, and so that's just like, ugh, I hate having to do that. So it was a little bit of a valley, especially since, like, I was getting ready. I had a bunch of stuff going on, 
especially for work and I felt like I couldn't get to any of it and it was just like a real damper and it made me a lot more stressed especially in feeling like there were other things that I couldn't get accomplished because I was sick but so yes I think I was sick last week it was probably the beginning of it and that's kind of what's been so annoying is that it's like still lingering it's like come on just like get on with it like I thought it was gonna be like a 24 hour like um, cold or 24 hour flu or something like that and it is like still hanging on and it's probably because I haven't like taken the time to rest like I I um, you know called in that day and then I came home after work that other day and then just like slept but since then I've kind of been on the go and haven't really let my body rest so I know I need to get better about that but um, so yeah that's that was my valley but my peak is so exciting I had the best weekend you guys so yes I was sick but I had um, I had a flight booked to go visit my friend in Florida. She just moved there with her husband um, a few months ago and or they've been down there for a little while and so we like planned like a little girls trip to go and see her. So literally all we had to pay for was like our food and then um, our flight and, because we could obviously stay with them. So it was just like a super chill weekend. Um, we spent a lot of time on the beach, a lot of time together. And it was just like one of those weekends that's just like so refreshing and it just really, like really grounds you and like it made me remember like how blessed I am to have the people around me that I do and that like I can go and do things that I want to do like when I want to do them and I just like I just am so thankful to even have the option to do that and then also on top of that to have the girls in my life that I do and so it was just like a really awesome weekend. It was so much fun to be with them and laugh with them all weekend and um, I was a little sick like like, uh, the flight because of my sinuses, uh, like, you know, when your ears pop whenever you go up and stuff. And so there was just, there was so much pressure. And like, even right now I'm still like recovering because, um, we flew home today. Um, but my brain, like my sinuses and everything is just like, Oh my gosh, what's going on? And so I was a little sick down there, but, uh, it wasn't anything I couldn't, you know, I was just laying on the beach. So, uh, yeah, that I, I was like, maybe the sun will help a little bit. Maybe I'll sweat a little bit of it out. I don't really think that I did, but, um, it was a super low key weekend. We're super low key gals. So we were in bed every night by like 10 and yeah, so it was just a really refreshing, super fun, uh, weekend. And it was definitely the peak of my week. So we're going to go ahead and, um, jump into Ask Mick. Someone said, call it a quick Ask Mick. And I was like, that's kind of cute because I called it that last week. Um, I was like, let's do a quick Ask Mick. So I don't know if you guys like like that, let me know. Um, we can just keep it Ask Mick. But um, I'm still feeling that out. Hopefully I'll come to some sort of understanding here soon so we can quit talking about what to call it. Um, but so the question um, that I chose this week is, do you have a personal mis mission statement? If so, how did you craft it? I was so excited somebody asked this. Like I was like jumping out of my skin. I was like, ah, this is so exciting because you guys I'm putting together um, and I've been working on it for a while, but uh, and I got it done at one point, but then I kind of had to backtrack and kind of revise a few things. Um, but I am putting together a downloadable for you guys like it's an interactive one for you guys to make your own mission statement so it helps you it like um 
it prompts you to self-reflect and self-analyze in areas that you want to grow in, areas you want to emphasize in, areas of ambition, areas like if you're an entrepreneur, if you're wanting to go into ministry, if you're wanting to go into business, if you're wanting to go into whatever it is, whatever your passion is, um, and then also kind of like doing like heart checks and stuff to see like where you need to grow. And then so you'll walk through that, you'll answer those questions, you'll read those little like insights and just like my prompts and stuff. And really it can take you however long you want want it to. Um, you can split each page up into one day and just kind of spend time reflecting on that, um, which is wonderful. And that was kind of my heart for it in the beginning was for it to be kind of like a devotional, like an interactive devotional, um, so that you could kind of like <clears throat> spend X amount of days. I had 30, I had it on 31. I'm not sure if exactly if I'll keep it at that. Um, but a 31 day devotional. And then at the end of it, the very last day would prompt you to going back to those pages and grabbing like specific points or specific things and dropping it into like a mission statement so that by the end of it, you have one that is completely tailored to you. So you're not going online and like copying and pasting a mission statement and then writing, you know, your own little tidbits and stuff like this one is going to be specifically for you and your heart in a way that you feel like connects with God and then having that mission statement and being like excited to say it every day and believe it and speak it with power. And, um, so the, like, I, I, I really want, I was just really excited about this question because I was like, oh my gosh, because they were like, how did you craft it? And I think talking about like a mantra or a mission statement, I kind of say that a lot. I'm like, you know, write a mission statement, write a mission statement, write a mission statement, hang on the back of your door, say it every morning before you walk out and just remind yourself who you are and you know, who God has called you to be and his promises for your life. And so, um, I think there's so much power in our tongues, obviously power, power in, or what is it? Life and death are in the power of the tongue, um, is in the Bible. So I think that it is really important to speak those things over yourself. So when she asked, how did you craft it? I was like, oh my gosh, I'm, I can help you guys craft yours. So be on the lookout for that because that is coming. If you want to have a personal mission statement, uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I know what mine has done for me and just reminding me who I am and just giving me that confidence every single day to walk out of my house and be reminded of what God's word says about me, what God says about me and the power and the authority that I carry because I belong to God. So be on the lookout for that because I think you guys are really, really going to like that. With that being said, she says, do you have a personal mission statement? I'm like, yes, of course I do. Um, and so it's it's kind of broken up into three pieces. I'm going to read it to you guys. Um, I think that's kind of what she was getting at. Do you have a personal mission statement? And if so, how did you craft it? So um, I'm going to read mine to you guys. Um, and like I said, it's broken up into three segments. So the first one is kind of just like a personal, like how I want to live my life. And then the second segment is specifically for my future spouse. And then the third segment is for like kind of like my side projects and things that I do like my podcast, my videos, my blog, etc. downloadables and stuff like that. So I do eventually want to come up with a mission statement that's specifically for like my entrepreneurial type of stuff like my quote unquote brand or like my business quote unquote, we are using, you know, really super light quotes with that because it just is what it is. It's, I don't really, you know, I just, it's stuff that I love doing, but that I would love to see some fruit from. So, um, I would love to kind of build a mission statement specifically around that because obviously I take it very seriously with how much time I spend on it and the scheduling and everything that I do and like the, the, the little team that I have that helps me with everything. So I would love to come up with a personal or with a mission statement 
it specifically for that. And when I do that, I would be more than happy to share that with you guys so you could see my heart on it. And then also if it's something that you're wanting to do, then you would feel encouraged or inspired to do that. So I'm going to go ahead and read my mission statement to you. It is a little bit long, but I think you guys are going to like it. So without further ado, let's go. Okay. I am a child of God. The spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in me. I was not born to live like a child of the world. I do not live according to my own strength or my own knowledge, but in the strength of the one whom I serve and who he says I am. I live bold. I live changed. I am a vessel. Hearts will be won over to the kingdom as fruit of my obedience simply because I allow myself to be used by God to do his work. I am a fruit bearer. I operate in love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I walk by faith, not by sight. I will prosper in the areas God has predestined for me to conquer. God gives me dreams, words, and inspiration. He tells me who... He tells me what to write and I listen. He tells me what to share and I listen. I will live without reservation for myself. Thank you, God, for the manifestation of these things in my life. My future spouse will desire your plans above their own. They will be faithful in all things and in all relationships. They will have a pure heart with genuine and good intentions. They will be a person of their word. They are intentional in their work and relationships. They will have a servant's heart and serve selflessly. They will have high respect for others' authority and honor them fully. They will not be led by their emotions, but steadfast in truth. They will be a good leader for our home and lead by godly example. They will be respected among their peers and lead an honorable life. They, are always, they will always think before they speak and speak with purpose. They are kingdom-minded and think big picture. They will not rush, but delight in waiting. They will live in healing and perfect health. They will be intentional about building good relationships with our children. They will seek you for joy, peace, guidance, and direction. They will have wisdom to discern spirits and future decisions. They will take they take spiritual and physical protection of our home seriously. Their mind will be protected against any attacks from the enemy. They will seek godly counsel in times of trouble. They will be quick to forgive and slow to become angry. They will be able to look from perspectives other than their own. They will have clarity of mind and on guard from anxiety or depression. They will gladly surrender the need to be in control of situations or of people. They will work hard and diligently and honorably. They will be eager to grow and develop in their walk with you, seeking you always. They will be motivated, moved, inspired, and energetic. They will delight simply in their family. My future spouse and I will be best friends and chase the heart of God together. Thank you, God, for the manifestation of these things in my life. People will listen to my podcast and be encouraged. People will watch my videos and be inspired. People will read my posts and be moved. People will buy my books, download my devotionals, courses, and templates. Most importantly, though, through my content, people will see Jesus. Thank you, God, for meeting my needs and for giving me life and life more abundantly. Thank you, God, for a pure, happy, and giving heart. So I know that it is a bit of a, it's a bit of a dialogue, but that is where I'm at. And I, I really look forward to saying that because I, I like, I say it with such intentionality and maybe not right now in this moment, but like whenever I think about the person, like even though I don't know my future spouse, whenever I'm speaking those things, I think about that and I want those words to mean something and they mean something to me and I think they mean something to the father. And so whenever I say that, like I get excited to speak those things and to tell God those things and to pray those things over my future spouse because they're out there somewhere fighting some battle, being equipped 
gift to become whatever God has called them to be and to be my husband. And so if they're in this season right now that um, they're, you know, being conditioned and or maybe going through trials or whatever it is, um, I want to have a hand in praying over there, praying over them and declaring things over them. Um, so that, you know, whenever, so I, I think to me, it just like, it is already covering them in prayer before I know them and taking care of them before I know them. Because even though I don't know them, they are mine because God knows that we're going to end up together. He knows all of the, he knows like exactly who it is. So whenever I speak these things, I believe that it's going specifically to my future spouse and that God, um, honors that he honors my intentions he honors my heart and um just I think that it brings God glory and then I think that and I hope and I pray that my husband is praying for me in the same way and maybe not specifically the same way or whatever but I pray that I'm at least on his heart and I know that there's so much power in prayer there's so much power in speaking things over people and trusting God with that word and trusting God with those prayers so um yeah I think Obviously, the spouse one is the biggest one um, because it's, you know, something that I am, uh, that I desire um, and that I, it's a person. <laughs> so um, I want to, and eventually someone that I will love. So I want to um, pray and declare those things over him. So, and I know, I don't, I mean... I know it might sound a little drawn out. It might sound like, okay, you're shooting really high. Like those are a lot of like insane things. Like nobody's perfect. Nobody's going to be all those things. And I fully know that. Um, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be with somebody that doesn't have all of those things. But I feel like I, even until probably the day that I die, I will declare those things over my husband, whether those things come to fruition or not. But I'm trusting God with that. These are the things that, I mean, I have control over the prayers that I, that I, lift up. And so while I have control over that, which I do, um, I'm going to continue lifting him up in every area possible, every area that I can think of, um, and just help kind of, and just go to war for him. And, you know, cause right now that's really all I can do. I can't speak into his life. I can't do anything like that. Like this is kind of all I have. So what I have, I'm going to be faithful with and give my all and be completely intentional with that. So, um, and I think I said this earlier but eventually I want to have like a um mission statement or something that I kind of declare over um oh yeah I did say this over like my side projects and everything like that uh so I'm working towards that but and then at the end I always say thank you God for the manifestation of these things in my life um because it's kind of just declaring and like um agreeing with the father that those things are good those things line up with his word those things um are you know prosperous and good and I think God delights in a you know a good heart and so that's essentially everything that I'm praying for for my husband is that he would be intentional have a good heart and do everything with intention and uh yeah so I think that it's okay to um thank God for the manifestation of those things in our lives and yeah just thanking him for meeting my every need and um yeah and so then the top is uh you know about me and how I want to live and who I want to be for God and the things that I want God to do through me and just kind of like surrendering um the like 
control and just, you know, I think I say, or I was like, I'm, I'm a vessel, hearts will be won over to the kingdom as fruit of my obedience, simply because I allow myself to be used by God to do his work. And so, um, just reminding myself that again, it's not me. It's just because I allow myself to be used by God. It's not anything that I can do, but it's what God does through me simply because I say yes. And, um, so just being like reminding myself of that, and I think what's important to remember with your mission statement is that just because you're not there exactly doesn't mean you can't say it because it's something that you want to become. So you're speaking that thing over your life as it will be. So even if you don't live boldly, but living boldly is something you want to do. Um, like I have, I live bold, I live changed. And so even though, you know, there are areas that I could be more bold in, um, I speak over myself that I live bold as if it were because God sees me that way. And so that's um, an area that I want to step into. So speaking that over myself um, kind of gives me the freedom to do that. So, um, yeah, so whenever I kind of say those things about my husband, blah, 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 they will, they will, they will, like, he will do this, he will do this, or whatever. Uh, maybe I should change it to that. He will be faithful in all things and in all relationships. He will have a pure heart. I'm going to change that. Uh, I'm glad that I just kind of spoke about that because I think that would be, I, I'm definitely going to change that. So, anyways, yeah, I hope you guys liked that. Um, hope the intro wasn't too long, but be on the lookout for this downloadable because I think you guys will really, really like it it and benefit from it. So um, we are going to go ahead and jump into today's podcast episode. Um, today we're talking all about uh, how to live in a world that doesn't agree with you slash how to be friends with people that don't agree with you because it's definitely a topic that we need to talk about more and I'm really excited for all that you guys are about to hear. So without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into it. Okay, so today we are talking all about how to live in a world that doesn't agree with you or how to be friends with people that don't agree with you. I think that this topic is so, so important because there are a lot of opinions in today's culture and in our society. Like everybody has a platform. Everybody has a voice if you think about it. Because even if you just think to something like social media, like everybody, anyone can so easily get on there and share their opinion and it be, you know, shared X amount of times. It can be viewed X amount of times. Like it's really limitless to the impact that you have on it or the impact, you know, that someone can have on people that come across that. Just their one single opinion can touch so many people. And so so, and, you know, depending on, oops, sorry, I hit the mic, <laughs> but depending on how you think about it, I talk with my hands a lot, so I'm like <laughs> always running into stuff. But um, depending on how you think about it, that's really good. And depending on you know your perce- you know your perspective, um, that can sometimes be a bad thing. You know, when people are are pushing certain agendas, um, it's kind of hard to tell like what we can trust and what we can't trust. Um, and so you know, there are a lot of people that can be influenced by certain things. And so um, I know just as a Christian, it's very hard um, because. People obviously have opinions, a lot of things that they, they, a lot of people don't agree with the things that I believe simply just because they don't believe in God or they don't believe in the Bible. They don't believe, I mean, and that's just like a conflict of like opinions, like of faith. Like they just don't believe the same way that, that I do. Um, and that's okay. They're entitled to that just as I'm entitled to my faith. And, um, I mean, to me, it's the only way it is, you know, like that's it. Like there's no other way to get to heaven. There's no other way to get to God than through Jesus Christ. And so, So to me, you know, I obviously hold very tight to my truth, um, but other people are not going to see that as a valid argument. So 
newsflash, the Bible isn't really popular anymore. It's not popular these days. I don't know if it was popular in the past. I know that it would have held up as a valid argument in the past, but these days it absolutely does not. And God told us this was going to happen, so like we're not shocked, but it does make things a lot harder. Um, but we understand that it's the world that we live in, and so I really wanted to talk about this topic because I think a lot of people struggle with it, and people are so quick to get offended when people don't believe the same way that we do and that's something that I I really don't get offended on um, and I think too we see it as our responsibility to like change everybody and that's really not our responsibility and once I came to know that um, and hold on to that it was like I was able to take a deep breath and like understand like God has it under control it's my responsibility to love people and to be Jesus to people and like yes I can lead them to Christ if that's the way that they want to go but if they're denying that like it's not my responsibility to like yell turn or burn or you know to scream in their face or make them choose one way because even if you do do that it's not going to be a genuine faith and they're not saved anyways if that makes sense so once you lay down that it's your not your responsibility to change them or do all the things that we're getting ready to talk about um I think you will find a lot of freedom in that and you will be able to lay down a fence and I, I think one thing as a Christian that we all should really work on is to not be so easily offended and I think Satan has really um, I don't know if he's implanted that in us, but I know that he's definitely, um, made a, I know that he has definitely, um, used it against us. So, because our faith is something that we do take very seriously as we should, but it's not our job to press it on everybody. It's our job to share the gospel. Yes, it's our job to share our faith. It's our job to do all of these things, but it's not our job to get offended and mad when people don't believe the same way that we do because people didn't believe in Jesus. People, and he, he loved them. Like he, you know, he was with, like he hung out with sinners. Like he just was full of love. And so I think that's what we need to focus on being. And I mean, Jesus did bring correction when correction need to be brought uh, or needed to be brought. Absolutely but he's also Jesus and so um I really want and, and also you know if we go and we're like bringing correction without having a relationship with people then that's not going to do any good because we're gonna get into that I don't want to get ahead of myself but um I'm not discrediting our responsibility as Christians to be like Jesus and to lead people to Jesus I'm not discrediting that at all but we need to make sure that we're not getting offended because that is always going to hurt more than it is going to help. So first couple things we're going to talk about is respecting their story. So people that we are either friends with, that we know, that don't believe the same way as us, that think our Jesus is, you know, whatever it is, they think it's a fairy tale, they think we're naive, they think we're weak, whatever it is that they, that they believe about us as Christians, it's okay to respect their story. And I think it, I actually urge you to respect their story and respect their journey and respect their decisions. You know, wherever they are, just, just because you're respecting it doesn't mean that you're agreeing with it. Um, and I think that respecting them as people, um, because I mean, God respects us as people. Otherwise he wouldn't let, let us make our own decisions. Um, because God doesn't want to be in a forced relationship with people. Like he doesn't want, you know, he wants, uh, like he wants us to love him back. Like it, that's what a relationship is. A relationship is forcing someone to do something like if anything heck what's that called these days not even going to get into it but like we're not we shouldn't be forcing any agenda on anybody they need to come to terms with it on their own and what I have found to work 
um, really, really well is just to like respect that person and respect that story and, and just like listen to them and try to understand and just love and just have respect for where they are and talk to them, you know, on the same level. Like you don't need to talk to them. Like it's not our job to condemn. Like God doesn't even do that. And it's not our job to convict. The Holy Spirit can absolutely handle that. It's our job to love. It's our job to befriend. It's our job to uplift and to try to understand where they're coming from and to let them be heard. And even more so, it's our job to leave that door open. The quickest way to get someone to shut down is by telling them that they are wrong. And when you do that, when you condemn someone, when you judge someone, when you like bring like judgment on them and are just hateful with them and like, no, you're wrong. Like I have seen debates in college classrooms and it gets ugly between Christians and people who don't believe. And the Christian is like acting out and I'm like, what is going on? Like you are absolutely validating everything that they're saying by acting out and by picking up this offense. Like we have got to learn to treat people that are as Christians. Like there's such thing as a righteous anger, but you cannot, you cannot attack someone who doesn't believe the same way that you do because they're not going to perceive it the same way that you do. The quickest way to get them to shut down is by telling them that they're wrong and bringing judgment and bringing condemnation on them. And you have just given Satan free reign in their life because you have just ruined possibly the only godly influence that they have had or were going to have. You have just cut off the only lifeline and truth that they may even have been seeking refuge in. You don't know where they were at that time Like, you don't know what their questions were. You don't know what they were. Because a lot of people have to challenge their faith. I've had to challenge my faith. Like, I didn't just, you know, okay, yeah, I'm going to believe this. Like, and have idle theology and just like, okay, whatever. No, I wanted to know the truth. And when you seek the truth, you will find the truth because there's only one truth. So you're going to find your way to Jesus. And you don't know what they were on their way to doing. You don't know what they were challenging. But because as a Christian, you chose to step up and be offended then you just shut down, validated every fear that they've had. And I mean, you've ruined your witness and possibly other Christians witness. And so it's like, no wonder people are so offended with us. No wonder people have this, you know, no wonder we have this like reputation because we're so quick to get offended. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to, I've been there. I've been there. I know that anger when people are like putting you down, putting down what you believe in. And I do think that there is a right place to have Jesus's back. I absolutely do. Um, I, you know, if people were just bashing him, I would absolutely stand up for him, but I wouldn't go against that other person because that other person is just a person. And I think that there are certain instances where it's okay to develop bait, but it's not our job to yell and condemn and judge and be hateful. Like Jesus never did that. Um, And you know what's crazy is that the people that give you trouble and that you love like I, I, this has happened to me so many stinking times. Um, people will come to me and be so angry at like what I believe or what I preach or what I, um, I I don't know, like the things that I believe, like they'll just be like, you're stupid, like this is stupid, like you're naive and you're blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, but I just continue to love them. Like I never show that I am upset with them. And I'm like, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like that's not my intention to make you feel judged. That's not my intention to make you feel bad. Like, you know, because the thing is, is like if you weren't trying to make them feel judged, which hopefully you weren't, they were feeling condemnation 
and like there was something or not condemnation maybe it's for uh conviction I don't know but there was an inner war going on with them and the thing that you said didn't settle with their demons because it carried Jesus it carried love and it carried light and it carried healing and sometimes when healing touches a sport uh, uh, a uh, wound it creates a sore spot and so they get mad and that's just the way that they react because they've not either been shown love, like they've not been loved. They don't understand the love of father. Maybe they've been hurt by fathers. Like you don't know where they come from and why they are struggling. And it is our only, only, only job to love and to retaliate with love. So with that being said, where I was going with that is that the people that you continue to love, even despite them mocking you, laughing at you, being mean to you, um, trying to knock you down, because that's that's another thing is they are trying to test you. They are trying to knock you off your feet, shake your face, shake your religion and be like, yeah, that's what I thought. It's not real. It's all blah, blah, blah. But the stronger that you stand and even the stronger that you stand in love, it is going to prove a steadfastness to them that this thing is not a joke and that it's not a game. And and we are in it for the long haul. We believe in Jesus Christ. Like we are here to do his kingdom work, point blank, period, whatever that involves. And if it involves, you know, sitting and chatting with you or loving you or even being ridiculed by you, I'm here for it. Like I'm fine. Like I know who holds my tomorrow. I hold, I know who holds my eternity. Like I am absolutely okay. And those are going to be the people that circle back around and end up asking you for prayer. 100% I can attest to that. I could not even tell you how many times that has happened to me that people will slide into my DMs or text me or and not slide into my DMs in a weird way but they just reach out and they're like hi like I, I didn't know who else to go to but I'm going through this thing and I am struggling so much and like if you have any advice to give me like um or you know if you can just please be praying for me or you know like they they need to seek that refuge and because you left that door open by showing them love then bam you were able to minister to them but if you go back and you got offended and you shut that door bam you just shut them off and now all they have is they're just running around on Satan's playground he's happy that person's miserable and you're walking over in ignorance because sorry I'm not trying to be I'm not I'm not I don't know why I'm so fired up about this I think it's because we live in such a time where Christians are growing offended people other I mean everyone's offended like people are offended by Christians Christians are offended by other people and there are some amazing Christians I'm not just like lumping everybody together and like I'm the only one that has it together that's not the case at all but I do see people especially when I was in college and things like that um just getting so angry and it creates such a divide and it's like guys we are not on two separate teams like yeah okay the person you know who's lost or whatever like they're not necessarily on God's team but we still love that soul God still loves that soul it's not over until it's over like God's fighting for you till the end so we're gonna fight for you till the end just because you've made up your mind right here right now you are still alive you are still breathing and so we are still praying for you and we are still loving you period and so I just I hope I hope I'm not coming across rude I hope I am encouraging you guys if anything because I think that these words are so true to even where I have been and, and just like how I have grown. Um, and so like, I wish these are things that I could go back and tell myself whenever I got angry, whenever I, you know, someone was making fun of me and I'm like, whatever, they just don't get it. And so then I would have like this whole self-righteous like Bible study like yeah blah 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 like just running through Psalms or, or <laughs> running through Proverbs being like yeah God like 
or Psalms, sorry. <laughs> I don't remember. Psalms or Proverbs. But, you know, David's just like, maybe it's both. Heck, I don't know. Um, but David's just like, yeah, strike down my enemies, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. Like, it, right, yeah. But, like, we need to love these people. Like, they're not sending armies to kill us. So it's totally chill. Like, you know, there's no sense in getting self-righteous. Like, if we believe Jesus or if we believe God has our back, then we can rest in that. So I think we really need to put down our our tongues really need to be calmed down and um you know we need to go go to war but go to war for them so in doing this though and in, in befriending them and in loving them it's very very important to guard our hearts and to keep our distance because um they obviously can't pour into our lives because they are not walking with god they don't have godly advice um and i, th I talked about this a little bit last week you know it's really important who we let pour into our hearts because that ends up molding our thinking, molding our judgment, or, you know, like filtering our judgment. And um, if we don't pay attention and we're like surrounded by all these people who um, don't believe the same way that we do, we're going to end up conforming to them like um, bad company corrupts good character. So you that is something you definitely need to be careful of. And it's awesome to minister to these people. But if it starts becoming at the cost of you, um, then, you know, you need to pull out and love them from a distance. And you know, uh, just be praying for them. And but it, it, it's absolutely totally fine, I think, to befriend those people and be friends with them. Um, and to be Jesus to them. But again, like I said last week, I think it, the line really isn't blurred. It's just whenever you start compromising yourself, you need to pull out and you need to be self aware enough to know, hey, I'm compromising myself what I believe and I am setting a bad example for other believers and for these people because I'm proclaiming the name of Jesus to them yet I'm doing these things with them and living just like them if that makes sense so um in doing this we definitely need to guard our hearts and uh you know we can we can be around these people and when it comes to like the actual conversations because those conversations do come up because they are going to ask questions they're going to wonder they're going to want to know and they're going to pick your brain and they're going to be curious and blah 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 and whenever they're coming at you with their problems um and you know it's not just going to be one conversation that you get to lead them to Jesus and like oh, okay here's my moment like this is it like the world's going to change and that might be the case but sometimes it's not so it's it's great to know how to navigate those conversations even so so what thing, something that I practice, and I don't know if this terminology is the best, um, but it works for me. So hopefully I can explain it in a way that it doesn't, you know, uh, mess anybody up. But it's okay to validate their feelings, but not, but not make them think that their feelings are true. Like, so they may be feeling alone. So we validate that they feel that way. But the truth is, is that they're not alone. So their feelings aren't always true, but their feelings are valid. Does that make sense? So whenever you're in a conversation with someone, validate them and be like, I understand that. I know like, or, you know, maybe not say, you know, I don't really know how counseling stuff goes. I don't think you should be a counselor, you know, in these situations, but just try to understand, try to validate, try to, you know, try to just like, um, relate to them and just validate that feeling like I am so sorry you feel that way like no one should ever have to feel that way like um you know but and you just 
dive into the fact that it's just a feeling. So never say like you are alone, you are this, you are that. Because the truth is that they're not. They're not alone. Like God is there. Like God wants to be in relationship with them. He's not giving up on them. He's not forsaken them. Like he never ever will do that. And so whenever they're saying all these things, it's okay to validate their feelings so that they feel heard, um, but not to validate them in a way that you say that they are true. If that makes sense, I hope that makes sense because a lot of people do base their fa- base their faith off of what they feel and the experiences that they've had in the pl- in the past, and in these conversations, um, I know. See, so when people do get offended, and hopefully, you know, now you're in the mindset that you know that you're like it's not an option to get offended. Like I refuse to get offended. I'm not going to get offended. Um, But in these places, uh, it's not our job to call out sin. And I think people who are offended, who get offended, they, that's normally the first thing that they go for is like, it's this whole sin battle. Um, because that's like the, you know, that's the end all, right? Is our sin. So it's like, you know, we're calling people sin out and there is a place to call people out on their sin, but your unsaved friends, that ain't the place. Your confused friends, that ain't the place. You can call your friends out on their sin, like your saved friends out on their sin, people who know better, but people who are living like the world, going up to them and yelling at them about their sin, that is not going to cause them to change. People don't change out of hate. People change out of love. Like love is where change is birth. Grace is where change was birth. Like that is where people learn to rise up for their ashes and they, they understand I'm forgiven. Like I'm loved. It's not, you know, this hate and this discrimination, like yelling at them and mad about their sin and calling them out on it and coming from a place of self-righteousness. I've seen this happen so many times and people end up changing because they're scared and then it's not a genuine faith. Like, and then they, then they have this perception of God that God's mad at them all the time. And that's not the case. Like they have to be saved under this, under this umbrella of grace and of love and of forgiveness and going to them because they are, they need to know that they are held and that they, that God has compassion on them. And he loves them so much that he sent Jesus to die for what they for, for their sins not that like God hates them so much and hates what they did so much that they killed Jesus you know what I mean and I think because I think that we can get things so warped when it comes to that and so people then are end up following Jesus out of this like fear and it only creates more problems and you're like well at least they're saved and it's like yeah but under what accord and in what relation like and I don't even know if that's I, I, I I'm not the judge at all I have no idea if they're saved and wonderful I don't know but I know that people will always change under an umbrella of faith and of love and of grace and of compassion and I've seen that happen I've always seen people who who come to Jesus um you know because someone put the fear you know put the fear of hell in them they're like it it never sticks because they didn't come to Jesus the way that it was intended they didn't come to him through a, a through a grateful and willing heart if that makes any sense I hope that that makes sense um and the last thing that I kind of want to hit on um, is that you can acknowledge without agreeing and you can love without understanding. So you don't always have to understand where they're coming from. Definitely try or you don't always have to under 
you don't always have to understand, um, you know, what they're doing or why they're doing it, but try to understand where they're coming from. Try to, try to understand the root of that, the root of, you know, their sin. Is it rejection? Is it hurt? Is it loneliness? Why are they acting the way that they're acting? Try to understand that, but you don't always have to understand what they're doing to love them. And you don't have to agree with them in order to acknowledge them or what they're going through or what they're dealing with. You know, God has a time for everything. If he's placed you in their life then you're there for a reason and you know it's not your responsibility to change them like I said it's not your responsibility to take care of them it's your responsibility to love them and whatever that looks like I think that that is glorifying to God so like I said earlier um there's a place to call out people in their sin but your unsafe friends are not the place and your confused confused friends aren't the place. The place to take care of your unsafe friends and your confused friends is in your prayer time. And until you are taking care of them in your prayer time, I wouldn't dare walk up to them and try to call them out on anything in public or in person. You need to be going to the Father on their behalf, you know, um, taking care of them supernaturally and praying over them and praying over them every day, every morning, and lifting them up to the Father that something, you know, that... He would make himself known to them today that, um, you know, they would have their eyes open, that, that he would give you the words to speak into their life, that they would have a new perception of something, that they would see things as new, that they would have a new revelation of who God is, that they would fall in love with him. And, you know, so prayer is powerful. And that is where our origin of evangelism needs to be or sharing um, you know, the gospel with other people. So I don't know if I got off the track of how to live with people who don't agree with you, but I think the main point of what I'm trying to get at is not to live offended and to live in love. And don't take what they're saying so personal because they are lost. They are broken. They're hurting. People say crazy stuff when they're lost and broken and hurting. And they're hateful when they're lost and broken and hurting. Hurt people hurt people. And miserable people try to make other people miserable. So you hold on to your faith. You hold on to your sanity. You hold on to your love and you walk in love and you walk in grace and in forgiveness forgiving them for every hateful word that they're spewing at you and asking God, you know, to help you forgive them, whatever that looks like, as long as it comes from a genuine heart, I think God that is absolutely pleased and you are honoring him with what he has given you and the relationships that he has given you. Okay, I hope that that helped somebody today. I think this is the first time I've breathed since starting this podcast, um, but uh, or since starting this segment, but I hope that you guys got something out of it. I hope that you didn't feel like I was yelling at you because I'm really not. I think we are all in this together. I love you guys and you guys know that. Um, and I think that these are just, you know, truthful words that we all need to hear. Like, I, heck, I need to be reminded of them um, every once in a while. And so um, I hope that this, you know, opened your eyes up a little bit to maybe a way that you've been acting or um, reacting and you're feeling um, more aware and more alert and understanding that there is a war going on and that it's not our job to condemn, to convict, that God absolutely has that under control. It's our job to love. So anyways, I'm hopping off of here. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for tuning in. I look forward to talking to you next week. Bye.